Hello, it's me, Sam. You're listening to my podcast. I really appreciate you listening. Please tell a friend and encourage them to listen too. We're trying to grow our listener base here, folks, um, with very minimal effort on my part, I should say. I am so sorry. I've been MIA despite my attempts to uh, record and post more regularly. Instead, I've been even more absent than usual over the past week and a half. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, My kids and myself were both struck down hard by what apparently was the norovirus. Some type of stomach death that affected all of us. It wouldn't have been that bad, to be honest. Uh, Without getting into too much detail, myself and both girls really did not have it bad. We had a single uh, stomach incident, and then we moved on with the day. I mean, I had my incident on Thursday night, and I ate Chick-fil-A for dinner Friday. So, it wasn't that bad. It's not like we were laid up with fevers or had any, like, lingering days and days worth of it. No. However, the baby, because he's extra, he carried on for about five days. And he really is still not uh, at 100%. So, from Tuesday night of last week through Sunday... I mean, technically Saturday, Sunday, he was pretty well on the mend. Um, He was a mess and actually ended up having two ER visits, had his first ride in an ambulance, um, and yeah, just was really, really sick. And so that's where I've been. Uh, I think I calculated the other day that over a period of like five days, I slept maybe 12 hours total. So, I feel like I'm slowly but surely digging myself back into the world of the living. Um, It was really crazy. It was just, you know, I mean, uh, here's the thing. It was crazy, but it's what it is. Kids get sick. You know, it's hard. It's, you don't sleep. It drags out. Uh, you're scared. Like in this situation, it was really scary because he got very dehydrated. He just is his, his, uh, like his reaction to this virus was just dramatic, like very intense. So that got scary. He had some like tremors and almost seizure like activity that went along with it, which is always scary anyway. So, but I posted this on Instagram and I want to say it here too, like, I don't want to make it out like I'm a martyr or, oh, like, it's okay because, um, because they're fine now. No, no, no. It sucked. Like, it was the worst five days of ever. It was terrible. Like, real talk, I, I, I hate to say this out loud because then they'll probably end up getting sick again next week or something with the same virus, but I typically, if I had to choose... I, I would choose puking. I would choose puking and stomach virus over uh, a strep throat or a bronchitis or a cold even or something like that. And here's why. Number one, reason number one, 
This is how you know I've had too many kids and I've done this too long because I've decided which type of sickness I would prefer over the other in my children. <laughs> Reason number one, typically a stomach virus is going to be over. It's going to be done and over with in like a day. Normally what happens, the kid gets sick overnight, you wake up in the morning, you got your Sprite, you got your Gatorade, you got your Ritz crackers. You slowly introduce these things. By the end of the night, they're eating applesauce and a banana. They're good to go. You miss one day of work. They snuggle. They lay on the couch all day. You don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to go. There's no antibiotics. There's no medications. You just let it run its course. You're good to go. Reason number two. For the most part, now that, keep in mind, this is the first time that the boat, either baby has ever had any type of a stomach virus. Mia was over, is over, is almost two and a half. She's never had anything like this before. Reason number two, when kids are older, they can kind of manage this, the situation and they have a better handle on like, let me not puke on my bed. Let me not puke on my floor. Like it's a pretty low key manageable situation. And then we carry on. Uh, so here's what I didn't remember though, because it's been, I was trying to think like, I think that Charlie, who's my 12 year old was my only child who ever had a stomach virus as an infant or as a toddler. I think he was around 10 months old. If I remember correctly, when he, um, had a stomach virus, I forgot how terrible it is with a baby because I mean, I've never been puked on so much in my life. I, I, there's so much laundry. There's so much laundry. There's so much just at puke clothes. Just everything is covered in puke. At one point, like, I had nothing else to wear. I was, like, in my house just wearing work pants because I literally didn't have any other sweatpants or clothes to wear. <laughs> everything was dirty and covered in puke. Uh, and the other thing is... You can't exactly reason with a one-year-old who has just emptied their entire contents of their stomach. You cannot, there's, there's no real reasoning with them to explain to them that it's not a good idea to then turn around and, and have another bottle. Uh, so there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of screaming and crying and thrashing about because... He obviously did not understand, no, we're not going to drink milk right now because you're just going to turn around and projectile it all over me. So, no, we're not doing that. Um, yeah, so it just, it was a it was a rough time. But what I was saying is, and what I, what I said on my Instagram post is, here's the thing, like, a week of sickness is really nothing in comparison to a lifetime or a whole childhood of sickness. And, and I, um, I'm just really grateful. I'm just really, really thankful that, you know, this is, this is a blip. Like this isn't a, a ongoing chronic issue. Um, this is just a blip on our, on our, on our life. And I just pray and feel so much for some, you know, for families, for children who have ongoing, um, chronic illnesses I just I just can't imagine it's just so hard and I, I really really feel I mean I think that there there was a couple of things that I as I was thinking about this past week um, there was a couple of things that I saw as like positive 
outcomes of this whole ordeal. One of them is, as I'm mentioning, is that I really feel like it gave me such a perspective, like a minimal, very minimal, very small perspective into the life of having a sick child and how if, if I had a child who was chronically ill for their entire childhood, how difficult and draining that can be for a parent. And there's parents all over the world who are doing it every single day. And I just, I just applaud them. I pray for you. If you're one of these parents, I mean, I just can't imagine. It's just, it would be so, so difficult. I hope you have a good support system. Find a support system. Um, it just really gave me kind of a, a, like a very small glimpse into what that type of a life would be. Secondly, um, my 12 year old, you know, I don't have expectations for him to parent my, my babies. I don't have expectations for him to babysit. He never has babysit that babysat them. He's never changed a diaper. He's never made a bottle. He, you know, every once in a while he'll put a sippy cup together for the two year old, but Um, or, you know, if I'm like going upstairs to get dressed, he, you know, the babies are locked into the living room and he'll, uh, sit in there with them and watch them, you know, while I get dressed, minimal, very minimal, um, supervision responsibilities. But what I have found, you know, as a result of foster care and of him being so much older and really kind of being at the age of babysitting is that um, he is really learning a lot of things about infant care and just sickness and how it works with the baby and, and what it looks like. And so on Wednesday of last week when we went to the um, pediatrician's office, I ended up taking the girls. I, obviously, I didn't know that they were going to send us to the ER. I knew he was pretty bad, but I didn't know. I didn't realize how bad. And so I just um, went ahead and had Charlie come with me because just really I wanted to spend some time with him. And even though, like, is it ideal to be spending time with him at a pediatrician's appointment? No. But I think one thing, like, I've learned is I just have to get time when I can get time. And so if I can get time in a 40-minute drive to the doctor's office with the baby, then that's when we're going to get time. And that's so that's really why I had him come with me. And then, you know, turn around and um, get sent straight to the ER and ended up being there until about 2 a.m. Um <clears throat> Got home at 2.30, and then I did allow him to stay home from school the next day since he had been up so late. But, um, I mean, that was another thing that I I just really think was a positive outcome of this whole ordeal is he never once complained about being there at the hospital. He didn't complain about being hungry or tired or anything like that. He just, I think the good thing is, like, he just was able to watch and observe about how this process can go down and he was able to help. And, you know, if I had to go to the bathroom, he was able to, to sit there with Max and keep up with him. And I just think like, I'm really starting to, um, not only focus on raising him and teaching him how to be a functioning adult and a member of society, but I'm also starting to see like how him experiencing, 
things with the babies and how him helping with things with the babies about how, how much that is going to help him down the road in like, you know, in like 20 years when, if he, when or if he decides to get married and have children that he is, you know, going to be, I've heard a lot of people talk about like, I'm raising a husband, I'm raising someone with someone's husband. But for me, like, I feel like I'm also raising someone's dad and like, I'm raising him to be a father. Um, he doesn't have a good, he's never had a good example of an actual man in our home as a father. We have plenty of friends um, well, not plenty. I mean, we have some, some friends who the, the, the husbands and, you know, are, are great examples for him. Um, but as far as in our home, that's not been something that, you know, he's ever really experienced. And so trying to teach him, you know, this is how things go. This is how an ER visit goes. This is how it goes when you're in here. This is what, you know, I just think it's, it was really, really positive for him to experience. And I'm hoping that it helps him, you know, like I said, in 20 years when he's pushing 40 and, um, I allow for him to get married, then, then he can, then he can pursue, uh, that life. Lastly, the, the other, the last positive outcome that I see of, uh, plague 2019 is that Max is all about mama. I mean, just mama, mom, all on me, doesn't want me to leave him, doesn't want to be away from me. And I am obsessed with it. Like I want my babies to cry when I leave. I'm sorry. I know that sounds terrible, but. I want them to want me and I want to be the only person. I want to be the best person in the world. And that's been pretty consistent with like my older two were terrible. Like they would scream, scream, scream up until, I mean, Clara was like going to preschool and still having a full on meltdown every time I would leave her. She doesn't even do great with it now. Like if I go to her school for a party or something and I have to leave, she's nine, ten, nine times out of 10 will still cry. Um, Mia it's hit or miss. She could, she could do without me. Max, I, I don't know. I guess is the fourth child and just his personality and the fact that, you know, with Mia and Max, I obviously did not have a maternity leave. So they've both been um, with a sitter within like the first couple of weeks of life. And I work, you know, 40 hours a week. So that's where they are primarily. And so he is... He is definitely attached to me. I'm obviously 100% attached to him and bonded and everything, but, um, he's confident and he's secure. And so I could walk away from him and I could, but I broke that down. I broke that down over these past five days. He's no longer confident, no longer secure. And he just wants me to be with him and I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm terrible. Um, my mom was still like hassling me because I'm still giving him a bottle. And I was like, he is still a baby. Leave him alone. No, he's about to be off the bottle and it's going to be really sad. He was walking all over the place today and my baby's grown up. Um, <clears throat> about time to get a new one. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing it. I can't. I'm so tired. So that's that. I try to see positive in things. That's the positive. I feel like, I feel like for Max, like he is a type of child that is really, really intuitive and it's all, I always feel like, maybe this sounds stupid because he's only one and who knows what he actually thinks in his little brain, but I almost feel like he looks at me and he's like, you did it. 
Like, you proved yourself. You proved yourself worthy to be my mom. Congratulations. <laughs> and so, like, I was attentive to him, obviously, and made sure he had everything he needed and was with him nonstop for five days. And, um, yeah, so that's that. We're on the other side of it. My goodness, I pray your family does not have to experience that. I think it's a common, pretty common thing through these winter months. But, um, I just, I, I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Well, maybe my worst. No, I don't know. But no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, kind of, I wouldn't wish it on anybody because it just, well, I wouldn't wish what Max had on anybody. The other, everybody else, I was like, it was chill. Like it wasn't really that big of a deal, but what Max had, oh my gosh, terrible. It was the same thing. That's the thing. It was the same thing that we all have, but he just was affected with it a lot more. So Anyway, let me stop talking about puke because that's disgusting. I'm going to do some work and I'll be right back. Another thing that I thought of that was um, a real positive uh, moment that I had. I just want to... Here's the thing that's so funny is that neither of my parents, uh, Mike or Deb, neither one of them have managed to be able to figure out how to listen to this podcast. I I think I've mentioned before that my dad's like... How do I listen to your blogcast? And then he's always like really super concerned that he's going to use too much of his battery or too much of his data. I'm telling you, my parents have like eight years worth of rollover data saved. Like there's no chance of him ever using all of his data. But he's really concerned that he might use a little bit of data or that he'll run his battery down. And I'm like, Dad, like you can download them. You can download them at your house. Here's the funniest part is they both have iPhones. Like, there's a podcast app on the iPhone when you buy it. Like, right out the gate. You don't even have to download anything. Neither one of them. So, but my mom, I don't know if I've mentioned this. I think I have, but she can't download any apps at all. And I've tried to tell her, that's okay. You already have it on your phone. No, I can't. I can't open it. She can't log into it because for some reason, her entire Apple ID is like frozen and won't do anything and she can't download. I'm like, why do you have a phone? Like, you need to go to the Apple store and figure this out. Anyway, so neither of my parents can listen to this. But what I do want to say is as far as parents go, they are grade A excellent. I'm not great at asking for help, and so sometimes I can uh, have a little bit of bitterness store stir in my uh, in my heart and in my mind because I feel like why don't people help me? Why isn't anybody coming in? And, and in reality, like I don't ask for help, so why do I think that people can read my mind? But in this situation, like obviously, I'm taking the baby to the ER I need help like I don't want to take my two-year-old and my seven-year-old to the ER and my mom came and stayed at my house actually picked them up from um, another uh, couple that was watching them and then she came and stayed at their house until 2 30 in the morning and then went home and went to work the next day like tired and everything and then on the night that I ended up having to call the squad for Max, like, it was icing. This is the thing that I didn't talk about much, I haven't talked about yet, is that the night that I, that he had to go by squad, it was a blizzard. It was a full-on, like, 
the worst snowstorm I've ever experienced in my life. And so when she came, the actual snow part of it had not started yet, but it was already icing. And so, but she still like raced out there, was there, and again, you know, was at my house until one o'clock in the morning. And then my dad came out and picked me up from the hospital. Obviously, I'd gone in the squad, so I couldn't, you know, I didn't need a ride. And then picked me up from the hospital. And I, when I say to you, worst snowstorm of my life, I'm saying to you, worst snowstorm of my life. Like, I, you couldn't see the road. And you couldn't see anything because the snow was blowing so into... It was terrifying. Like, I think I might have pulled a muscle in my shoulders and in my neck because I just stayed full-on tense for the entire hour it took us to get home. Um, But, yeah, like, my parents, when push comes to shove, they always have my back and they always, like, jump in and help and... That is um, invaluable to know that I, to, to have that kind of support um, from them, you know, when I need it. And I, I am so, so grateful for them and uh, for their help. So, and I've told them this. I'm not like a jerk and telling y'all and not telling them. Like, I, I've told them. I've told them how thankful I am. My mom on Sunday, like, after I'd been you know up late at the er and then obviously up bright and early the next morning with all of them awake um she ended up coming over sunday afternoon so i could take a nap for a couple of hours and and then actually on monday my kids were out of school and she was off of work and she ended up coming back over and um and like cleaned one of my like cleaned the playroom and had dinner ready for when I got home and stuff so I don't know I always talk I like I've been saying this for years I always talk about moving as soon as I can out of Ohio but it's gonna be hard with four of them four kids but in reality like I want to be able to do that for my kids like if my kids need me when they get older and they have their own kids I want to be able to drop everything and jump and be a support for them and be available to help them whenever they need it um, because my they've definitely have done that and it's it's just a, an awesome awesome thing so thank your mamas thank your daddies today because I know that they um, at least mine do and I hope yours do too they're a big help and big support so I I always tell them I'm putting them in a home when they get old. And I don't know. Maybe if they keep doing this kind of stuff, I might have to reevaluate that. Uh, uh, I told somebody the other day, I was like, that's reason enough for me to continue to take in foster babies. Because when then, then when my parents need me to take care of them, I'll be like, I'm sorry, I can't. I got all these babies. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I love them a lot. And I'll do anything that they need me to do. So that's that. What else am I going to talk about? I don't know. Want them to tell me. You know what I need to do? I need to get on Instagram. I just wanted to say, hey, I'm up to 700 followers on Instagram. What's up? I don't know 700 people, so that's exciting. And starting to have some more interactions. The coolest thing, and I just want to give a shout out if I've got any of my single foster moms that are listening. The really super coolest thing that I have found with Instagram that I've not found on any other social media platform i'm on the twitter 
I'm on Facebook, obviously. I've been on Facebooks for a while. I've been on Facebook since it was just college kids, okay? Since, since you had to have a student ID to get an account on Facebook. That's how long. Um, but on none of those, except for Instagram, have I found that I am able to connect with like-minded, like uh, interested, like whatever people. And that has been the most amazing thing. Like, I don't know these women. I don't know. Um, I've never met them. I don't know anything about them, but to be able to connect with specifically single foster moms has just been so, so neat and so encouraging. And I read their posts and we, I comment and I try to encourage them. Um, because it's just a whole different world. Like, it's, I saw one girl the other day who said, um, you know, single parenting by itself is very isolating and can be very lonely because you don't really fit anywhere. I was just on the phone earlier with a friend of mine and I was telling her that um, another friend of ours, you know, this friend, the friend that I was talking to has a closer relationship with this other woman than I do. And a lot of that, I believe, is because when it comes to going out on the weekends, I obviously don't have a husband. And so we're not doing a lot of like outings or things like that, like my friend and her husband and this other, and this other woman and her husband are. So we don't go out. We don't really, you know, go and do things because when my friend... Yeah, this is confusing. Anyway, what I'm saying is it can be very isolating. It can be very lonely. And so um, being able to... So then single foster parenting on top of that is a whole other world because it's such a specific and small uh, niche. Niche? What do you call it? Nit, niche? I don't know. Of people that it's like you... I mean, in my area, I don't know of any other single woman who's a foster parent I haven't come across anyone else in my area who is is single and is is fostering um you know all of the other foster families in my church are married couples um and so yeah it's just a really it's been really really cool to connect up with some of these women and to see like how passionate they are and how much they advocate for their kids and how much they love their their foster kids and how they just go like they just do anything and everything they can to make to make things you know what their kids need um you know I know I was telling a friend of mine the other day like I have had uh, more than one time I've had comments made to me that my kids would um, benefit from being in a family with a dad and a mom. Um, I have had someone say to me that my daughter um, would, like I was sitting with a friend who was married and I had someone say to me that my daughter um, would look good in her family. And, you know, just comments like that. I think people do feel a little bit uncomfortable about the idea of a single person taking on more children. But here's the thing. And here's what I want to say to, like, any of my uh, single foster moms that are listening. Or just single parents in general. You're the one doing it. So if somebody has a problem with the fact that you have a baby or that you're taking on kids as a single person or has a problem with that child 
not being with a mom and dad or a dad and mom. You know, I know there's single foster dads too. Like, that's their problem. That's not your issue. You are following what you believe is right and what you feel like, whether you fully believe that God has called you to this world or, or whatever it is. Like, you're doing what you believe is the right thing to do. And the thing is, is like you're providing a home and love to a child and if the if a couple has an issue with it or if an individual has an issue with it then I wouldn't just my response has consistently been let me know if there's anything I can do to help you to feel like you might be able to pursue this path for yourself like if if this is if you feel like children should be with a husband and wife maybe they should be maybe you should try to get licensed and then there will be children that could be in your home because you obviously have a husband, you know, mom and dad's type setup. Um, I just think it's unfortunate that that there's an attitude at ever. Um, anyway, I don't know what I was saying. I started to ignore that call, and then I just thought, you know what? They're they're just gonna keep calling. What I have done is an unfortunate thing. I have gotten myself connected with some um, companies that are beneficial in my role as a home health social worker because I, I do sometimes utilize these companies to help my patients. However, all of these companies have people who are their marketing person and so that means that their job is to nag me and annoy me with phone calls on the regular and texts and invitations to meet for lunch at Panera and blah 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 and I'm I'm not interested but they won't stop they won't leave me alone they won't stop calling so um yeah anyway that's that hi and hello and I support you to any other single foster moms I think you're doing an amazing thing I think the kids that you're helping are forever blessed by all of the time and attention that you've given them and um and then you know just just in general any parents any foster parents husband and wife I just think like I just want to I don't know it's on my heart to just give shout outs to foster parents because it is it is a hard 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 thing to tackle it's a hard job and uh it's a it's very emotional very taxing um, and it's, it's, it's an exciting world, but it is, uh, it can be very overwhelming, feel very lonely and feel very, um, just isolating. So keep the fight, keep the faith, keep the fight, keep fighting, keep doing it, keep it up. All right. This rain has got me feeling like, I know y'all can hear it cause my windshield wiper squeak, but this rain has got me feeling so tired and down. It's so dark and gray. So this is what happened. Saturday we had a blizzard. Sunday it was negative six degrees. Monday morning, negative six degrees. Tuesday, m- Monday my kids obviously did not have school cause of Martin Luther King Day. Tuesday, n- like one degree, kids still did not have school because it was so cold and snow however the temperature got up to almost 40 degrees today dark skies 50 degrees raining this is what we're dealing with here in ohio i just always want to complain about the weather in ohio because it's insane it is a total roller coaster uh and so just wherever you are if you're having like 
I feel like the weather, the temperature should vary, but in like a 20 degree range from day to day. Not here. Oh no, we'll drop, we'll jump straight from negative six with a high of four degrees all the way up to 50 two days later. I don't care. We do what we want here. It's freaking crazy. Complained about the weather. See, I've complained about weather. I've talked about puking and I've talked about foster care. <laughs> So, we're on track. On track. So, a couple of things that I've come across the past uh, uh, couple of weeks or so that I wanted, and then have kind of brought me to this topic that I wanted to talk about today. Um, so, a couple of things. Like I said, I, I read a Instagram post, um, I think it was two or three days ago, about... A woman was essentially saying that she was in a really deep, dark depression, that she recognized it, that she knew she needed to call the doctor in the morning. She planned on doing that and that she was having, you know, even kind of alluded to the um, fact of having suicidal thoughts, um, you know, and that feeling like she was not on her own able to dig out of that and posted that on Instagram and just, you know, a really, really honest not an outcry for help, but just to basically saying like, I'm just being honest about where I'm at right now. I also, um, and that's not the only thing that I've read. Like I've read, uh, a couple of posts where it's almost like a bullet point. Like this is the shit that's going on in my life. Like this is the real stuff. This is 100% raw. This is honest (laughs) about what's really going on. Like here's a smiling picture of me. And you can see my hair is done, and you can see that I'm dressed, and that I look like I'm put together. Here's a beautiful picture of my children, and and here's some Insta stories even of us being cute and doing fun things and a smiling baby and a funny toddler. But in reality, like, this is what is actually going on in our life. And I have really, really appreciated those types of posts. My, obviously, I don't know these people, so it could be that, like, they're making these things up or that it's not, that's not even, like, the scratching the surface of what's, what's, what's really going on because I think there's a, a level of pride and there's a level of self-disclosure that people have a really difficult time crossing those boundaries sometimes. I just had a, a friend of mine that I went to school with who posted on a Facebook group that we're in that she was going to start seeing, she was seeing a counselor because she was, found herself to be, um, having, you know, struggling with depression. And I just, uh, between her and then I had another friend who, um, posted about how she was getting ready to see a counselor for a, are you kidding me right now? So, I don't remember what I was saying. That was uh, Charlie checking in to let me know he's home. And also to uh, tell me that I needed to... Could I turn his phone on? I'm going to talk about this. Let me get back to it. Hold on. Sidebar. I'm going to come back and I'm going to sidebar again. Wait a second. (laughs) So, anyway, this friend of mine, right after I actually had posted my most recent episode about having a panic attack in church... She posted on Facebook that and asked, asked for prayer because she was going to see a counselor uh, for a PTSD diagnosis and, um, you know, was nervous and, and was asking for prayer that there would be a positive outcome, you know, with that, with that meeting. So anyway, I just like those posts have happened and I've seen those, you know, that's just a couple of examples recently that I've seen. And it just happens that they all kind of 
well, at least the ones that I'm mentioning, all kinds of have to do with mental health. But that's not necessarily the point. Um, the the uh, I'm recording this the next day, finishing this recording the next day. I know you can't hear that a whole, you know, I just ran into all these bushes. That a whole, uh, almost 24 hours has passed, but... <clears throat> Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that where I left off, left off was that it, the issue with the posts that I saw, not the issue, but the thing that stood out to me, um, on the posts that I've mentioned on social media was not so much about the fact that they were, um, being honest and open about different mental health uh, issues or things that they were dealing with. That wasn't, that was just coincidence that the ones that I've seen recently happened to be specifically about mental health. I think the thing that stood out for me more than anything and what, what really draws my attention when I do see posts like this was the fact that these women were being very honest and very, um, vulnerable and transparent about the fact that, their lives were not perfect. Their lives were not all together. Their lives were not, um, you know, that they needed help, that there were things that they struggled with. There were things that they needed to go outside of themselves to get help with. And I think that's one thing that I guess, you know, there's been, like I mentioned before, there's been some po- definitely some really positive outcomes of, of me getting, um, recently more connected with in, on Instagram because I, like I said, I have been able to connect with an awesome community of other um, single foster moms. But the other thing that I think is really difficult, um, I guess specifically on Instagram because I, I don't know, I just feel like I'm connected with a lot more, uh, like I see a lot more um, pictures and posts from people who I don't know, is that I find myself looking at pictures and thinking, I'm such a failure. Like, oh my gosh, here this woman has four boys and three foster children, and they look like they just stepped out of a Gap ad. What am I doing? Like, I can't even get my hair brushed in the morning. Or, uh, you know, some of the, there's a ton of transformation pictures and posts for weight loss. You know, and here's a picture of a woman who has, you know, side by side, who's been eating uh, low carb for a month and she's stuck with it. And here's her side by side and she's lost 15 pounds and she's made all this progress. And I'm looking at that thinking, my God, I can't even make it through a week without falling apart. And I might lose four or five pounds, but then of course I gain it back because I can't stick to anything. And It just really, you can really get yourself in a situation of comparing yourself to other people and of really starting to um, just bring yourself down. Now, I appreciate, you know, the women who I've mentioned who had made either, you know, comments or posts or stories or whatever, you know, whatever it is, whatever social media platform you're on, tweets, the tweet, whatever. I appreciate honesty and I really appreciate just a raw look into somebody's life because I feel like, oh, okay, they're a real person. Like, I see you in public. Um, 
I know you from my childhood or I see your 9 out of 10 perfect posts, but here's one where I can be like, okay, this is my this is my type of people, somebody who's on the struggle bus and is being honest about it. I don't know, you know, that social media is like I'm not I'm not a uh, I guess chastising anyone for and saying you need to put all your you need to air all your dirty laundry on social media. I'm not saying that it's necessarily the place for it or that you're being fake if you don't put your dirty laundry out on social media. I don't think you're being a fraud if, because I'm sorry, I I don't care who that woman is with the seven kids, there is no way that that picture did not take a lot of work. I can't even get all four of my kids dressed for church and put together on a Sunday morning. So I know that that picture that I saw with all seven of them looking all cute and put together, that took a lot of work. And you know, is that okay that I don't see the behind the scenes picture of getting to that point or I don't see her having a meltdown as she's, maybe she doesn't, maybe she never has meltdowns, maybe that's just me, but you know, whatever it is, I don't see her house looking like a tornado went through it in the background to go along with that picture. Is it okay? Is she a fraud for not showing the uh, the other parts of her life that are not a gap model picture no absolutely not like I think I I like it you know I love the pictures I love the posts I love when people are positive on social media and, and talk about the things that are good in their lives I think that's really excellent I also think if you choose to use social media as a way to um be honest and be open about things that you're struggling with or things that are hard for you or maybe you do show a picture of the meltdown or whatever it is I think that's great too if you choose not to though I think the thing that has to happen is that you have to find another outlet you have to find either people or family or journaling or something a therapist or someone there has to be somewhere that you can be 100% transparent about who you are and what's really going on in your world. I think what can happen so often, and this is not just with women, I think men can get really caught up in this, this kind of keeping up with the neighbors, keeping up with the image, keeping up with the dad, you know, what's the dad expectations, is that with all of that pressure, um, there is just a real potential for consistently feeling disappointed in yourself. I just saw a post yesterday where a woman, um, I guess there's a, it's Enneagram test. Listen, I don't need no, I don't need no test to tell me that I'm a mess. Okay. I'm aware. I'm fully aware. I don't need a test to tell me that I'm a mean bitch. Okay. (laughs) I already know. I don't need a test to tell me that I'm antisocial and an introvert. I'm fully woke to that information. So thank you, Enneagram, for coming on the scene and making everybody stressed out about what type of a personality they have. But this woman, I really, really appreciated because her, the one post she posted where she was like, I'm a seven and that's the, um, outgoing bubbly party organizer, hostess, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day she came back on and she was like, real talk, I'm not like, 
she's like, I read more of this book. I read more about it. And the fact of the matter is, is that I answered the questions as like I thought I needed to. I answered the questions like I thought I needed to be portrayed. And that's why I got that answer. But that's like actually my mask. Like that's my mask personality. In reality, I'm a four. Well, I don't know what the numbers are. In reality, I'm actually like a introspective, uh, shy, uh, insecure, whatever it was. Like she was like basically the opposite in, in the, like her real self. If she was being 100% honest and answering honestly, she was different. And I really appreciated that post because I think that is something that can really happen is that we get caught up and this is what people expect. This is what people want to see. This is how people expect for me to act. This is how people um, need for me to act. This is how my family needs me to be. This is how my children need me to be. My husband, my wife, whatever it is. And instead of really examining and being honest about who we are and being that person, you know, in my world, that means going to God and, and saying, God, please help me to be the person that you created me to be and help me to be more like you. Help me to be more like God. Help me to live my life in a way that I just, uh, saw this little, whatever you call it. I don't know if it, is it called a meme if it doesn't have a picture with it or is it just called a quote? I don't even know. Anyway, I don't know who said it, but it was a, it was a thing that basically said, we're not, it said, we're not called to, um, to live our lives like other Christians. We're called to live our lives like Christ. And so if I can put my blinders, I just went in a gigantic hole on the highway. I'm surprised my tire did not explode into a thousand pieces just then. But, uh, you know, if we can put our blinders on like a horse and focus our eyes on Jesus instead of looking around and seeing what everyone else is doing, how everyone else is functioning, what you know, and, and concerning ourselves with trying to make our lives look like somebody else or make our world look like somebody else and instead trying to make our lives look like Jesus and trying to make our homes look like Jesus and, and living, you know, our children and our our spouses and and our family, whatever it would be, and focus that in that direction. I mean, even if you are listening and you're thinking, well, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't have faith like that. I don't really buy into that. You know, I'd love to talk to you, but the reality is the message is the same. We got to start living our life and being who we are and not consuming ourselves with presenting a... I don't want to even say fake because like I said, I have put my children together in a way that is very, very organized and put together and it's not fake. It takes a lot of work and the behind the scenes is a mess. I've put myself together. Like I've posted pictures on Instagram where my hair is curled. I'm wearing makeup. The lighting is perfect. I'm not wearing my glasses. That's not what I look like nine days out of ten. I, I I wear glasses full time. I rarely curl my hair. I rarely brush my hair. Real talk. You know, I maybe, I put on some mascara last night for church and I was like, I can't remember the last time I wore makeup. That's how long it's been. You know, so is that fake? 
for me to post a picture like that? I don't think so. I don't think it's fake. I think that if you know me, you know that like every once in a while I pull myself together. But I don't care to post a picture of myself not pulled together. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, present myself in a way that's, that's fake or a fraud or anything like that. I think, like I said, I think the important thing, this is the, oh my gosh, here we go. Okay, just got a uh, enraging call from work. I'm going to try to pull it back together and finish this up here. Uh, you got to keep working. You just got to keep working and dealing with, dealing with crap. But anyway, the, the end of the story, the, the point of all of this rambling is I would just, I just want to encourage everyone who listens to... Whether it's, like I said, whether it's on social media or not, I'm unconcerned with. I, I think that's 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 your personal choice on whether you decide to air your dirty laundry. Not even dirty, your honest laundry, your honest business, your whatever. Whether you decide to use that platform or not, I think is your personal, you know, decision. But I would just say a couple of things. Number one, I think that to an extent, uh, you should know that when you do are honest about... Um, your life and, and how you're doing that, just know that chances are someone who is reading that is, is feeling the same way and is really super encouraged to know that they're not alone. Um, I think that the Bible is, is really clear and talks about how, you know, when we go through experiences in our life and we have things that happen to us that we, you know, there's opportunities that God will give us to share with other people about how we've gone through, gotten through those circumstances and about how God has brought us through, you know, those times in our life. And I think like I can say to a woman who is either in the middle of, or has experienced a, a relationship with domestic violence, I can say like, not only can I say, I'm so sorry, but I can also say, I know how you feel. I've been there. I totally understand. Like it's, I get it. I know how hard it is versus someone who hasn't experienced that can say they're sorry and can feel empathy, but the connection is different because if you've experienced it and you're talking to someone else who's also experiencing it, then I feel like you can really have a deep connection with that person because you generally do know exactly or, you know, uh, similarly to how they're feeling. So just know that, you know, if you're on the fence about being honest about what's going on in your life or about talking about your mental health or your physical health or your kids driving you nuts or whatever it is, just be, just know that there's someone who maybe really needs the encouragement of knowing that they're not alone and knowing that there's someone else that they can um, commiserate with and reach out to. I mean, that's one of the main reasons that I, like I've, I talked about before, that's one of the main reasons that I started this podcast is because I felt like I have been through a lot and I've had a lot of things happen to me in my life and I have brought a lot of things into my life and I wanted to be able to share uh, those circumstances in a way that would hopefully help someone and would hopefully encourage someone to know that you're not the only one who has made these choices. You're not the only one who's had these experiences. And to be an encouragement to say, 
I've been there. I've done that. And this is how I've come out on the other side. So just know that. And then secondly, uh, you know, if you choose, if you feel like I'm a private person or I don't want to tell the world my business or I don't feel like social media is even the appropriate platform to do that, awesome. But like I said before, be sure to find somewhere where you can be genuine and be honest and be transparent because keeping up with a facade of who you are is absolutely exhausting and like I mentioned will only lend itself to put you in the situation of feeling very disappointed in yourself when you don't meet those expectations that you've set for yourself. So I think that's about it. I have recorded this broken up into two days and multiple stop and go sessions <laughs> over those two days. I'm hoping it makes sense. I'm going to re-listen to it and then hopefully get it posted. Again, my intentions are to post more regularly, more consistently. If we stay healthy next week, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. I had a guest, uh, I had a guest that I was, I mentioned as far as someone that I met on Instagram that I was going to, um, have on to talk about her addiction and sobriety. And then it got kind of weird. Here's the thing that I don't like about Instagram is that every, there's a lot of people trying to sell things. So it got kind of weird because there was a dynamic there of like an expectation of, of to buy things. I'm chewing a mint like a real idiot. Sorry. And I'm not in a position to buy anything. So kind of let that go. Still working on, you know, securing other guests. Like I said, I'm making connections with a lot of these single foster moms and, and just foster parents in general on Instagram. So I'd like to, um, have, start interviewing some of these people, um, some of these women and, uh, couples even, and, and getting some of their stories out. Um, so that might be happening. And then I will say, I know a couple of episodes ago when I talked about relationships and marriage and God's plan for relationships, I mentioned within that episode and in the description that I would be um, recording a follow-up with my friend Jill to basically just fill in the gaps as far as, um, you know, what God has laid out for relationships and what that looks like in the Bible and things like that. And I, obviously we've had this major like sickness come through, so that knocked me off track, but I actually talked to Jill the other day and we are planning on scheduling to record that sooner than later. So look for that to come. We hashed out the details of it kind of exactly, you know, things that we felt like needed to be addressed specifically. And so that should be coming um, very soon. If you have any ideas, if you ever want to um, be a guest here on the podcast, shoot me an email anytime or if there's anything else you um, need, want or need to talk about send me a message. It's .me.sam.podcast at gmail.com. And then you can also find me at that same handle on Instagram. Uh, I hope you all have an amazing day. We are still in the throes of winter here in uh, Ohio, but it's okay. We're getting through it. All right. Enjoy it. I'll talk to you the next time. Bye-bye.